You're listening to the unofficial Shopify podcast. This podcast is brought to you by WebsiteRescues.com. Are you making the most of your store? To download a totally free guide with 25 conversion rate optimization ideas you must know about to effectively optimize your Shopify store, head to WebsiteRescues.com and fill out the form. Shave off hours of guesswork and start growing your revenue. A common question we get is... How do I tackle social media? Because people love social media. It seems easy. It's free. Um, it's certainly sexier than email or pay-per-click ads. People like it. But I've seen very few, maybe even no one, who's really tackled social media well. And for that reason, we're pretty um, we're pretty hard on social media. Uh, we don't talk a lot about it. We don't do much with it beyond Facebook pay-per-click ads. So today we're talking to my friend Moishka Mars from Super Spicy Media in Slovakia. And she's going to give us the rundown on social media strategy, um, what channels work, how to tackle it, um, and really good strategy. So let's give her a call. Hey, Moisa, you there? It's Kurt. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so what? Uh, where are you calling me from today, anyway? I'm uh, in Slovenia, Europe, so <laughs> it's I'm, hot uh, and... Oh, it's, I am so awful at geography, and this is like such a stereotype of Americans. I literally could not point to Slovenia on a map. <laughs> yeah, it's it's between uh, Italy, Croatia, Austria, and Hungary, <laughs> and it's right in between. So it's a small country, only two million inhabitants. So uh, we're really, really small. Hmm. Yeah, that is tiny. Um, so it's normal, yeah, because most of most of my friends from U.S. don't really know where Slovenia is. So I usually send them a link to the map, uh, you know, when we talk. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you? Um, so what's your what's your what's your job? What do you do? Uh, well, I'm a social media marketer. Uh, I have a social media agency called Super Spice Media that I founded right after getting fired from my previous job at an advertising agency. Yeah, that advertising agency was a traditional one. You know, they did newspaper ads, they did um, you know radio ads, and they weren't into social media. So we kind of our our paths just set apart, and um, I went on my own from then on. <laughs> You know, I did the same. I did exactly the same thing. I mean, six years oh, ago, I, I just was like, I hate. Well, not in any agency. I was doing um, e-commerce product development for a local dropshipper, and like, just one day, I hated it. Um, and not so much the job, probably just like working for someone, and I quit with no no real plan. And here I am, and it's the best decision I ever made. Yeah, that's so much better that you quit. I got fired. <laughs> You're, you were in a much better position. <laughs> you know, I assume, like, had I stayed, you know, for, like, two weeks or two months, eventually, like, my frustration would have shown and I would have gotten fired. So it was either quit or wait to get Oh, fired. yeah. That happened to me, actually, to be honest. Uh, my frustration, uh, frustrated, frustration showed. So I think I got fired because of that. That was kind of the explanation they went with. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So how is, uh, how is business now with, with Super Spicy Media? Oh, it's it's so great. Um, I still can't believe, you know, where I'm at right now. Um, I couldn't have imagined that I will be here. Like, I've, I've been doing this, I think, for a little more than two years, and it's been great. I have local clients. I have international clients. Um, I work uh, with different companies. So I still have to niche myself down a little bit. I know we've talked about this before, but, um, you know, but the business has been really, 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 really great. Yeah. Yeah, well, your website's good. Um, the uh, social media... Well, the thing... What's interesting about social media 
And the reason I wanted to talk to you is so we're, this is, I'm basically, I'm death on social media. I'm always telling, I'm like, don't, I'm always getting mad at people for <laughs> investing their time into social media. But it's silly because I do um, a lot of work with Facebook ads. And mm-hmm. are, is Facebook, ad, see, I consider Facebook ads pay-per-click. So I don't think about Facebook ads as part of social media when it really is. Is it, yeah. is our Facebook ads social media? Yeah, definitely. I think you have to create, like, if you have that natural organic strategy, you know, on your Facebook page, and if you have a Facebook advertising setup, and if you, you know, just connect the two of that, you know, um, that you can get great results from it. So I think, yeah, Facebook ads are a part of social media, in my opinion. So talk to me about that. How, what's a good, so I'm always telling people, you know, my clients are always like, I should do social media. Like, no matter what I say, they're like, hey, we should do social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it, it drives me crazy because I think their their appeal to it is twofold. They think like, well, Facebook is free and I'm on Facebook all day anyway, so I can't lose. Um, yeah, definitely. And, you know, and Facebook is sexier than pay-per-click ads. So, like, talk to me. What's a good social media strategy? How should I be approaching, or rather, how should my clients be approaching Facebook or social media in general? Yeah, so I had, you know, tons of clients say practically the same thing that you just said, you know, well, I'm on Facebook the whole day, so why shouldn't I do some Facebook, uh, you know, um, social media? So uh, what they usually do, what they usually end up doing is, you know, just create a Facebook page and say, okay, I have, I don't know, 10 products on my web page, and I'm just going to publish that product and write something like, hey, here's our new product, or hey, here's the dress that we are selling right now, and, you know, it's uh, it's discounted, and that's not a social media strategy. And then, it yeah, usually, then once yeah. a month, there's a coupon for 10% off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's like the usual thing they are doing. Uh, but that's, you know, just a totally wrong way of doing things, because people don't, you know, when you go on Facebook to check out check up on your friends or to check up on your family. You don't really want to see ads. You don't really want to see like, oh, here's our new product, uh, you know, from a company that you barely even know. So what you want to do is just create a unique strategy based on what people want to see. So if you are like, you're following a page, you're interested in that clothes, let's say that they sell clothes. You want to see something, something new, something of value, want to see like different styles, what you can wear, uh, you know, from their shop, maybe not just, you know, here's our new product, here's our new t-shirt, something like that. So just posting our promotional content is a really, really bad thing to do on social media. And it usually doesn't end up well. Right. I've noticed that. So like my strategy with, um, so the Facebook ads for my own business, um, Originally, I would do, like, I would try and sell people on the service. And that literally never worked once. So instead, I changed it. I show um, uh, single image ads for a lead magnet where I just, I don't try and sell anything. I just say, hey, here's a free PDF guide. Sign up for it. And that's it. So I'm spending money to get people to go get free content. Um, But then once they're in the email list, then I build a relationship and try and get a phone call with them. And that turns into... A relationship. So from my side of things, you're right. Trying to sell on social media doesn't work. Trying to build a relationship does. Yeah. But selling also works if you do it the right way. So let's, you know, talk a little bit about remarketing here. I love Um, remarketing. 
Yeah. So Shopify owners, because, you know, your audience is, you know, Shopify store owners, they have a great opportunity on remarketing because, uh, you know, they can they can put that tracking pixel on their web page and just, you know, track people that visit their page, but doesn't, you know, purchase, don't purchase anything. So selling to people who already know you and are familiar with your offerings is so much easier than selling to people who don't even know who you are. And that's where remarketing comes in, in my opinion. Right. So generally, like the way we tackle it, like as far as Facebook ads go, is I try and do like a four-part funnel. So like the first ad is I'm just trying to get, I'm not trying to sell anything. I'm trying to get new people, usually with a lookalike audience um, yeah. or by interest targeting, just to visit the site and look. And then once they're on there, I put them in a retargeting campaign where I show them uh, like a carousel ad of bestsellers. Um and then from there, I'll do, uh, if they visited the cart page but didn't check out, I'll show them like a 10% off coupon with a link back to the cart. Since it, the cart's persistent in Shopify, I actually don't have to mess around with like URLs and everything. I could just send them straight back to slash cart. And then uh, the last one, you know, after they've purchased, um, if the store has like accessories, um, then I'll like, let's say they sell leather jackets, then the accessory after sell would be like leather care products. Um, and that's generally the approach I take with Facebook ads. And it's very successful. And one yeah. of the nice things about Shopify is you could throw like the, the Facebook conversion pixel you could put in there and then you could stick, um, have a variable that puts the price in. And then you could literally calculate like cost per conversion, um, yeah. in Facebook, which is very helpful. Yeah, that, that's, that's actually a great strategy. And the good thing is that Facebook is a place where people really love to spend their free time. So you don't need to, I don't know, search for your target audience or the, the people who visit your web page somewhere else. You have them on Facebook. So when they see your ad, they're already be familiar with you and maybe finally willing to buy that product they've been looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the cool things about, I think a lot of people don't know their customers as well as they think they do. Um, and with Facebook, they've got that cool audience insights tool yeah, where you yeah. can look at like either the, you know, the demographics of the people who like your page, or you can upload an email list, um, as long as there's a thousand people in it. And then you can look at the demographics for that, um, yeah. which is super cool where it'll show it like it does the basic stuff like age, gender, location, relationship status, like the stuff people volunteered, but then it uses all kinds of crazy third party behavioral data where like their term for, yuppies is uh suburbans and skyboxes and it'll be yeah, like oh yeah. they're likely to be these people yeah um, and that's and a lot of fun that's a lot of fun and that's i think the key to social media to a great social media strategy including facebook ads is knowing your target audience and what's the content they're looking for where can they be found you know on which social media as well so i think you know knowing your target audience is is really important and that audience insights thing on facebook is just such a great tool for that and you brought up an interesting point. You said, which, which social media channel? So how do I figure yeah. that out? Which is, what are the go-tos? Where should I be focusing my efforts? So first of all, Facebook, pay, uh, Facebook is like, I think, the go-to social media when you're starting out because the majority of people are on Facebook. You know, you have teens, you have, I don't know, people around 65 <laughs> years old. And uh, Facebook is just like, a go-to usually for social media. Then you have Instagram. Instagram is usually picked up by uh, companies that have like strong visual imagery, like, I don't know, fashion brands, for example, jewelry brands, uh, 
um, people, I don't know, selling, uh, I, I saw some people selling coffee on uh, Instagram and that's amazing. You know, Instagram is such a great tool for that. Uh, you have Twitter. Twitter is usually used, uh, you know, for tech companies in my opinion. Right. And I have, you know, experience with that uh, because you have, you can have great customer support on Twitter because it's kind of real time and people expect an answer in a few minutes of time. Uh, and the Pinterest again for, uh, for, um, just, I don't know, jewelry brands, uh, on Pinterest, there are a lot of uh, women. Of course, the majority of uh, Pinterest audience is uh, women, uh, are women, and um, yeah. So uh, usually pregnant women or you know uh, young moms. So um, companies that have you know target audience uh, moms, you know, Pinterest is a go-to for that companies. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, a lot of my friends are like in the the age range of twenty-five to thirty-five. So I'm thirty-two, and I've noticed they're. That's, um, that is true about Pinterest. Pinterest is like, you know, you're a woman, you're 25 to 35 and you like bought a new home or getting married, having yeah. a kid. Like those are all situations where you go straight to Pinterest looking for ideas. And I know my own yeah. fiance, um, probably has like, I know she's been digging through <laughs> Pinterest for, you know, planning our wedding. <laughs> oh yeah. You can lose so much time on Pinterest. <laughs> so, so, you know, companies selling, I don't know, wedding accessories or anything like that, you know, they should be on Pinterest because women just go there and spend hours there. And I have been one of those as well, you know, a few years, few years back when Pinterest was just kind of starting out and it was such an amazing tool. You just went on Pinterest and clicked on another pin and there were suggested pins uh, on the side and you just clicked, clicked, clicked and three hours just went by. <laughs> so if we were to come up with like, um, so for everybody, I think they should have a Facebook presence. And that's one of the things too, like even if Facebook isn't a great ROI because you're not doing a decent job with it, um, it's one of those things like it's a trust indicator. Like if you yeah. don't have a Facebook account that they're like, well, this is, you know, when I started dating, you know, three or four years ago, um, again, the, uh, some, one of my friends told me I didn't have a Facebook account at the time. Cause I'm like, it's just a big waste of time. I don't need it. And I hadn't had yeah. one in years. And he said, listen, if you don't have a Facebook account, the chances that you're a serial killer go up like 10 per, you know, 10 to 20%. I'm like, all right, yeah. point taken. I'll get a Facebook account. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And the same goes with companies. I usually, you know, I'm to blame here as well. Uh, when I when I search for companies or I don't know, I just searched. Uh, I was talking um, that I'm going to buy a collar and a friend rec a collar for my dog, and the friend recommended this company. So I immediately I didn't even went to uh, you know search for their Facebook um, their web page. I just went on their Facebook page and see okay they're there. They have 700 uh, fans. Okay, you know I think they're a great company. They have beautiful products. I'm going to go with them. So that's one of the things people are doing nowadays and being present on Facebook, like you said, is a trust indicator. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, all right. So we've, everybody should have, you know, uh, some kind of Facebook presence just yeah. so they don't look, so it looks like they're real. Um, and then I think as far as prioritizing things, the one, you know, normally I'm, I'm anti social media for ROI. The one that I've seen amazing results with is Instagram. With, mm -hmm. um, and it's like, it, the platform is so simple. It's very easy to do, um, is, uh, for fashion brands. So you're right. You said strong visual brands. And I think like fashion brands always fall into that category. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've seen like, actually, you know, one of, one of my favorite clients, a guy who sells, um, $200 watch bands for Rolex replacement mm -hmm. watches. Um, so, you know, he has all these amazing watch photos and he posts those on Instagram and it's hard yeah. to, like, the annoying thing about Instagram is you, there's really no way to track the ROI because Instagram doesn't have links. 
And it's yeah, so, yeah. like they have to go click through on their own. Um, so it's hard to track it. But I, I'm pretty convinced that like Instagram is one of their biggest drivers. And the strategy yeah, and is not hard either. No, it's not hard. And people are sold, you know, just from the images. And one thing you can do on Instagram, yeah, you can't have links, you know, in the post, but you can have link on your bio page, uh, you know, bio uh, just description. And what brands are doing right now is they post an image, you know, like you said, I don't know, for a watch band, and they, I don't know, write some description and say, okay, if you want to buy this watch band, you can check the link in my bio and, you know, people check their bio to cl click on the link and they can buy there. Uh, so, you know, what brands are doing, they're constantly changing the link in their bio section, uh, you know, day by day, just with different products, you know, depending on what they are publishing at that time. Yeah. And I think, um, so, yeah. I think what's interesting about Instagram is it's like, essentially, it's got the same appeal as Pinterest, but it's it's ultra simplified. It's like the mobile-friendly version of Pinterest. Um, yeah, definitely. And yeah, the, I mean, the, the strategy is simple. Post great photos, do like one or two a day, and you can yeah. also regram other people's photos, um, and then yeah. hashtag the hell out of them. Once you get to like yeah. 30 hashtags, <laughs> you got it. And like, that's it. I mean, there's... And if you want to get fancy, you can go like and comment on other people's stuff with related hashtags. But that's it. I mean, there's really no more strategy than that. It's like the purest no. form of social media, I think. Yeah, I think you should you should as well. You know what I what I've seen. Uh, you know from my experience that works uh, very good as well is you know you have a social uh, you have an Instagram profile and you usually check you know like you said uh, I don't know if you sell watch bands you check uh, out you know you search for hashtag watch or something like that and like other people's photos you know from watches or something like that. So uh, when they um, sorry are you there? Yes. Yep. Oh, sorry. I think that's something. Wrong. So yeah, when they uh, when they check uh, when they see that you you have like like to know their photo, they usually go and check out your profile, check out the pictures, uh, and see you know interesting watch bands, and just click on the link and go to the store and buy something. So that's an interesting uh, strategy as well. And like you said, hashtags. Oh my God, I've seen great results from hashtags. Uh, uh, some clients of mine, you know, we've used hashtags and we've grown uh, our followers. You know, it was it was mad what what was going on. It was crazy. <laughs> the uh, so what's a good? What are some good metrics? Like, how do I know that this is a successful strategy? Um, first of all, I think you know um, likes on photos are are a good metric in my opinion um, because you know if you first of all if you use hashtags like you said hashtags are a big thing on Instagram thirty hashtags is the maximum limit uh, but you have some hashtags you're going to get great great engagement if you use them so um, if you use that hashtags and if you have great imagery. You know, just hashtags without a great image won't work. People aren't going to favorite your photo. But if you have great hashtags and if you have a great image, you're going to get lots of favorites and lots of new followers. So um, when you are going to post, like you said, I don't know, you've grown your following list to a thousand or two thousand people. When you're going to post a photo without a hashtags, you know, the same followers will uh, you won't you won't need hashtags, you know, to for people to engage uh, with your content. So I think, you know, favorites are one of the key metrics on uh, Instagram. Cool. Have you ever, um, have you ever done outreach with Instagram? No, I haven't actually. I mean, um, again, you know, the outreach part on Instagram is kind of blurred out. What is outreach? You know, I have outreached like 
you know, I have favorited photos. I have, I have commented on uh, other, um, you know, on photos from other users. Uh, and they have, you know, clicked on my link and we talked and, uh, you know, they purchased, you know, from my client. But I haven't made, you know, any, I don't know, strategy, outreach strategy with Instagram. Okay, so I've had, I've not personally done this. I've had two or three clients do this with incredible results. Um, and one guy talked about it on the show, so I'll share his story. Um, Amos Brand, this guy sells, he makes and sells um, beautiful leather goods, like bags, wallets, etc. Mm-hmm. So in his career, like, he felt his audience was um, basically like hipsters and uh, hipster men. <laughs> so he found a guy on Instagram, had like 150,000 followers. He was a beard model. As in the man was known for just having a big bushy beard. And he was very <laughs> serious about being a beard model, right? Okay. So he he emails the guy and says, hey, you know, I, I love your, your photos, your following. It's really cool. Um, can I send you... Um, can I send you my product? Um, and then if you like it, post a picture of it. And the guy said, sure. So he sent him the product. The guy loved it, post a picture of it, and they got a bunch of sales. So then he, he emailed him again and said, hey, uh, if I give you $300, you know, I don't know the specifics. Like, the story is a little bit apocryphal at this point. But if I give you $300, this is the going rate I've heard. Can you post, um, like, a photo of my product that you take a day for five days? And the guy says, Sure. And with 150,000 followers who are, like, really into that person's lifestyle, you know, when you're a beard model, like, that really results in sales. Yeah. Um, And we had some other people do it, too. Like, uh, um, Everspans has done this, I think, several times where he'll find someone who's, like, really into, um, like, shooting photos of watches and watch straps. And these guys will have, like, watch collections. And he'll say, hey, can I give you, you know, I'll send you some product. You keep it for free. I'll give you some cash. And then you... Um, and it's always like a few hundred dollars, just like a token. Um, so here, you know, go take photos of it and it works really well. And the people, like they don't, you know, it's not devious. I mean, the people are doing it because they, like you have to have a good product. If you had a shit product, it wouldn't work. Uh, we have done actually something similar with a client of mine. Uh, a client of mine sells uh, photo books, actually, you know, from okay. Instagram photos. So hmm. we have searched for people uh, that have great Instagram photos uh, and, uh, you know, a big following. Um, so we have contacted that people and said, okay, uh, he- here's our photo book. You know, here's the coupon for our photo book. You can make a photo book. We didn't even say you have to take a photo of that photo book and share it on Instagram. We just gave them the photo book, but they usually shared it as well. So we get tons of traffic and of, of course, app downloads and um, just purchases from, from that kinds of actions. And uh, the the second strategy with it we did was uh, just contacting those people, sharing uh, their photo because they have a digital digital version of photo books as well. Uh, we shared that and write, wrote a blog post, uh, you know, about that. They shared the blog post and we got tons of traffic from that as well. So we have done, yeah, something similar and that works really, really great um, as well. So yeah, definitely. All right, so we've established the the Instagram. Instagram's a great strategy if it fits your brand, like you're in fashion apparel. Um, And obviously anything that works there will also work for Pinterest. I totally see the value in Pinterest, but I literally have no idea how you begin to tackle a Pinterest strategy. I mean, do I just put a pin it button on my site? Is that it or is there more to it? Oh, quite the contrary, in my opinion. Uh, First of all, you have to have a Pinterest page set up and perfect perfect and everything in order. So you have to have some boards on Pinterest. You have to have some pins in that board 
sports, uh, you know, and everything has to be related to the industry you are in. So I think of, you know, one great example is Artifact Uprising. Uh, they sell, you know, photo goods, so photo photo books, or I, I think they have some magnets, I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, they have a great Pinterest page with a lot, a lot of following. Um, so what they do is they have a few boards with their product, but usually they have, you know, just boards of, I don't know, um, wedding pictures, birth pictures, I don't know, travel pictures. And people come, you know, to their profile, check those photos out and get inspiration, get inspired for, you know, their own photo books. Uh, so they check out usually their webpage, see what they're selling and they create their own photo book. And, you know, just, you know, they have came, they come from Pinterest and, you know, it, when you have that Pinterest page set up and everything, then you can add the pin it button to your web page. And, you know, that's another strategy to take. So, but first of all, I think you have to have, you know, something set up on Pinterest and then you can do the pin it button. And of course, not everything, you know, Pinterest doesn't work for all industries. There are, you know, specific industries that are meant, you know, to be on Pinterest. Like we talked about, you know, women apparel, uh, for example, I don't know, furniture, uh, photo books, oh, when, when we're at photo books and, you know, jewelry, stuff like that. Uh, so, you know, not everything works on Pinterest, but when you do, when it starts working, when it's, when the wheels start spinning on Pinterest, you can get so much from it. Okay. <laughs> no, that, I mean, that all, <laughs> once you said it, I mean, it all like hearing it said out loud, it all seems very obvious, but you know, 10 minutes ago, had you asked me to be like, okay, go figure out a Pinterest strategy. I wouldn't even know where to begin. Yeah, Pinterest is very, very specific and not not many companies do it, but the companies that do Pinterest, uh, you know, just social, they create social media strategy on Pinterest, they get, you know, so much. I have read so many success stories just, you know, because of the Pinterest. And those are those were companies that didn't have Instagram or didn't have Twitter. They just had Facebook page that was barely active and a Pinterest page that was very, very active. And that they, you know, I have... I have read about, you know, revenue just going up the roof just because of the Pinterest. And they were, you know, the target audience for them was were women, of course, uh, usually moms. Uh, but yeah, you know, Pinterest is a very, very good thing to do if, you know, your target, target audience are women. So I think, you know, there's, there's two things going on here. Um, like big picture, like obviously there's the individual tactics for using each of these different social media channels. Yeah. But the bigger picture where you have to start, I think, is asking yourself, all right, who's our target audience? What social channels are they on? You know, where, where, what are their watering holes? Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, what's important to them? And I think in the case of e-commerce, you know, you're trying to sell people, and this is a great way to look at it for marketing, you're trying to sell people a better version of themselves. Definitely. So you're saying, like, you don't want to necessarily sell, you know don't sell me the features of my MacBook Pro, you know, sell me how it's going to make my my professional life better, easier by owning this this MacBook Pro. Um, That's a perfect description. And That's, when you see, you know, like when you see Apple commercials, oftentimes they do that. Like it's a, they show you essentially the device in a use case scenario. So they're like, all right, here's a specific situation where owning a Apple device helps make this person's life easier. So you're, yeah. and then if you relate to it, so maybe some people don't have that problem. Fine. But for the people that do, they're like, I got to have that. Yeah. You don't want to sell the people who don't have the problem, <laughs> to be honest, you know? Yeah. You want point. to, you want to get, yeah, you want to get those people, uh, you know, that have that, have that problem 
Um, and, you know, those, those people are going to purchase that item or, I don't know, service or whatever instantly. So you want to catch those people. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Because I think a lot of people, um, uh, well, clients anyway, have, you know, they they don't realize how counterintuitive it is. They want, they say, well, we got to make an ad that targets everybody so we sell the most. And it's like, no, no, no. Yeah. The reality is true. You want to sell to the 20% of people who are like raving fans of your product and they will make up, you know, they'll be responsible for 80% of your revenue. Yeah. And I have a perfect example for this regarding social media. So sure. I so I had a client, um, they were selling uh, phone cases and phone stickers. And they were always targeting, you know, just all people uh, from 13 so, year olds. That's a super competitive niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were, they were like thir 13 years old. Uh, but they were targeting 13 year old, uh, you know, kids actually. And, you know, 60 year old uh, grandmas and grandpas and everything. And when, uh, I checked their Facebook page, I saw, you know, they had no engagement. The ads were horrible. Uh, you know, they were just spending money, not gaining anything. Uh, so, I kind of researched their target market and I saw that people liking their page were from 13 to 18 years old. And that was it. We changed the whole strategy. Uh, we saw that they're usually girls and that girls, you know, this is going to sound so bizarre. Those girls loved One Direction. And what we did was we, create, <laughs> we created phone cases with One Direction pictures on. Uh, we created, um, I don't know, uh, just One Direction signs or something like that. We created uh, a social media strategy based on One Direction, just posted their YouTube videos. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> this is so crazy. But our revenue just went up the roof. You know, our engagement, we went, I think, from uh, 300, around 300 fans to 5,000 huh. in, I think, two months or something like that. <laughs> we practically no money invested in page likes. You know, that was all organic, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, everything starts with target audience. You have to know your target audience and not just, you know, say, everybody's my target audience. I'll just target everybody. No, you know, that's not true. That's usually not true. No, that makes sense because what, yeah, what happened there, it's counterintuitive, but they niched down. They, you know, Definitely. they went from yeah. sell because, you know, they backed into the problem. They said, all right, we've got phone cases or phone case stickers and these work for all phones. Therefore, our target market is everybody with a phone. And it's like, yeah. no, no, no. I mean, everybody sells. I can get stickers and phone cases, you know, everywhere, whether I'm at the mall or on Amazon, eBay, they're all over the place. But you have to have, you know, that niche. Um, and it sounds like, you know, they, they then, you help them further back into the problem where you said, okay, who's looking at your page? Who's your biggest audience? And what are they like? Yeah, because when, when they, tar like you said, when, you, when they targeted just everybody, you know, that, that was a, that was a horrible, horrible strategy. So we went, like I said, from three, around 300 fans to 5,000 in less than two months, I think. And then, you know, just went up from there from 5,000 to 10,000. Uh, and, uh, you know, it wasn't just fans direct, you know, besides, you know, working on that fans number, we got our revenue, you know, really up. They, we were really re increasing our revenue. It was, it was crazy. They didn't, uh, they didn't imagine that they are going to, they are going to be able to do that. And they had to hire help. They had to hire different, uh, contact different suppliers and everything. So it was, it was magical just, but by just focusing on that specific target audience, not just, you know, everybody. 
No, that makes sense. I think, um, and again, you know, I, I'm starting to realize, I think part of the problem here is people are focusing on the platform, the technology. They just think, oh, I need, I need social media and I like Facebook. And no, 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 that's just a channel. What you need yeah. to be focused on is, you know, who's your audience? What's your message? What's your, your marketing? And then once you've got that worked out, figure out, okay, which channel is the best for that? And how do we apply that message to that channel? Everything starts with target audience. You're totally right. Everything starts with target audience and then you choose, you know, which social media channel you are going to use and what goals you want to achieve with social media marketing on that channels is, you know, are those purchases, email signups, you know, likes on Facebook page, Twitter followers. I don't know, you know, but based on your target audience, the channel uh, you use and the goals you want to achieve, you know, you can set up the strategy, your own strategy, personalized strategy, social media strategy. uh, and work up, you know, from there. The other thing I've noticed um, as a common problem is people are afraid to have a voice, um, you know, have like a, a tone, a voice for their their brand. And it's yeah. like they all go with this very, they there's one of two voices that people start out with. One is like the super professional thing where it sounds oh. like they're <laughs> writing academic papers and it's very, <laughs> it's very cold and stilted and it's not how people talk. Um or, you know, they'll say, they're like, welcome to Acme.com website, the best place to buy widgets. And like, that's it. And that, you know, that doesn't inspire me in any way. And then the other one they do, um, they sound like they're they're selling tickets to a circus where there's like 15 <laughs> exclamation points. They're like, come on down, super sale, mega discount, you know. And I don't think that yeah. works either. And I've never put thought into it. It's just, you know, we sort of developed a voice by writing over time. It took several years. So do you have any um, tips or advice on that and how people um, can tackle that? First of all, yeah, like you said, developing a voice isn't, you know, you came up with the idea today and you can have, you know, your voice set up tomorrow. That's not how it works. It usually takes at least one year just to perfectly develop it. And it, you know, it just comes with, you know, practice, practice, practice and writing and uh, doing social media and just getting to know your target audience. So first of all, again, you have to know your target audience, but truth to be told, that professional tone, like you've mentioned before, usually doesn't work on social media because social media, like, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, those are channels that people come to have fun at. They don't come, you know, for professional messages like, uh, I'm, I'm XYZ company, here's our new product, check out this new product of ours or something like that. It, that just doesn't work. I work, uh, I currently have a client, a software company, uh, and they are very, very corporate, to be honest. So when I suggested we are going to use a lighter tone, they were, first of all, they were, a bit skeptical, like, oh my God, that's not going to work, you know, and smiley faces on Facebook, you know, we are a corporate <laughs> company. <laughs> and that, and I was like, you know, just, you know, leave it. You'll see what I can do. So we created, you know, just our, our, our posts were, were very, you know, we were casual, you know, our, our uh, language was very, very casual. We were like, uh, we wrote a new blog post about that, this and that, come and check, check it out. You know, we create some value. You, we used some smiley faces and the engagement was pretty incredible, to be honest. Um, so that corporate tone communication, it just doesn't work out on social media, but creating, you know, like you said, uh, setting up a tone, creating your own, you know, personal brand and personal tone that you are going to use on social media, that takes time and knowing your target audience. So first of all, like I said, you have to know your target audience, you know, you have to know who they are, what are they looking for? And, you know, you work on from there, 
uh, they're on, uh, to be honest. But it takes, I think, I think I read research, um, a while ago about Nike. I don't know. I think they, it took him uh, several years just to come up with a slogan, I think, and just to come up with a brand tone. Uh, and I have an article written about that. You know, I can link uh, link to the article. I can send you a link. But yeah, you know, it takes time to develop a tone for, for your social media. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the ways like where I figured out and was able to develop my, you know, my voice, my tone with writing for our brand um, was I started dictating using Siri. I would dictate like mm-hmm. the rough draft of an article. Then I'd like rewrite it and copy edit it. Um, mm. And that's how I went from like, I stopped, you know, I did seven years of higher education. So I had to abandon that like stilted academic voice. And it was mm-hmm. through using dictation where I had like, I started off with a very natural voice. Um, by doing that. And that helped a mm-hmm. lot. So I often, you know, people are like, oh, I can't write. I often tell them, hey, just dictate to your computer because I know you can talk. <laughs> that's actually a very, very good strategy I haven't thought of. That's that's a great, yeah, that's a great way of dealing with this, to be honest. Um, just, you know, but, but I should, you know, like I said, I should emphasize that social media isn't, you know, you shouldn't use that academic voice and big words, you know, it's so casual. Twitter is so casual. Facebook is so casual. Instagram as well. Uh, you know, the more humanizing your tone is, you know, the better results you're going to get. That may, okay. That makes sense. That's a good tip. Um, all right. Couple softball questions that I get from people all the time. And I'm like, I don't, I never know what to sell them is how often should I post? Oh, <laughs> that's an interesting question. <laughs> I get that a lot as well. Uh, first of all, you know, I, that's, there's not a unique recipe or the same recipe for everyone. You know, it depends on, uh, you know, which industry you work within, you know, what company you are, who is your target audience again. Uh, but usually, you know, to Facebook companies, you know, I have with my clients, I usually post at least once per day and we get a lot of engagement. It's not like we're getting less engagement because we post once per day. Um, but we, we got quite a lot of engagement from that. And again, it depends if you have, I don't know, 200 fans, it may be, you know, you maybe shouldn't focus as much, you know, on the quantity of things, uh, quantity of posts rather than the quality of posts. And on Instagram, you can post, you know, as many as you like, uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter as well, you know, Twitter is real time social media channel and the updates go by so fast. You have to be present all the time. So we tweet, you know, with my clients at least, at least three times a day, usually. Uh, and Pinterest, again, it doesn't really matter, uh, because it's a totally different, uh, social media it has a totally different strategy. Uh, and you tackle with that problem in a totally different way good answer and yeah i mean i think the short answer that i've always said is it depends but you know it depends you know yeah. i tell people and- hey post you know post at least uh twice a week so it looks like you're still in business um and if you yeah. can post once a day like there's posting daily is perfectly safe you're not going to annoy people with that yeah and again like you said it depends what i usually go with we uh, really, you know, track our results and track our analytics. You know, we check them daily. We check them weekly. We have weekly checks uh, and we see, okay, we have posted, at, you know, let's say 10 times per week, uh, 10 times a week, you know, this week. <laughs> so we, we say, okay, the results weren't so good at the last time we posted five times uh, a week. So we are going with, I don't know, seven times where we're constantly testing different things, you know, um, how often 
often to post which posts work best. So again, if you track analytics, you are finally going to figure out, you know, that perfect number that works for you and your company alone. I think there's two important key uh, points that you made there. One, you know, you have to be measuring stuff so that you can make a data-driven decision about what works and what doesn't. And you're absolutely, you can't be afraid to test things. Like what's the worst that could happen if you you post something silly on social media is nothing, is people just ignore it and move on. So I think it's important to just try new stuff until you see, you hit on what works. Trying new stuff is actually, you know, it usually brings the best result. Uh, when we uh, tested different things with my clients, you know, trying just new stuff that we haven't seen, you know, tested on social media or, you know, some updates, I don't know. Uh, and uh, that usually turned out really, really well. So definitely, what's the worst thing that could happen if you try some new posts, if you try something different, and if you test some things out? And you have, like you said, you have to track the analytics uh, all the time and just to see what works and what doesn't and create the strategy along the way. That makes sense. Um, what was the other question I was going to ask? Oh, what's, okay. Here's one I get a lot. It's, um, what tools should I use? And we'll, we'll compare tools. So what, what are good social media tools? Oh, that I usually, (laughs) to to be honest, I'm like all natural when it comes to social media. (laughs) All natural. That's a good way to put (laughs) it. I like that. Um, uh, with Facebook, the problem with Facebook is a lot of companies use third party tools for posting. And Facebook actually deprioritizes that post. So you have a scheduling option on Facebook and companies uh, and brands should use that scheduling, you know, um, function on Facebook as well. Not third party tools because, you know, like I said, Facebook deprioritizes that post. And as far as Twitter goes, again, you know, just a natural conversation on Twitter, natural updates are the best. But I know that Twitter can be, uh, you know, you, you probably, I, I, we have, you know, with my, with my clients, we have a lot of updates and I'm usually not around to just, you know, post those updates. So tw- Twitter doesn't punishes, uh, doesn't punish, you know, third party apps for posting. So I use Buffer, uh, for example, with Twitter and I integrate the Buffer with, uh, oh my God, what's that called? Social Media Bro and social, I think, no, sorry, it's Social Bro. Uh, and we have integrated those two because Social Bro offers us the best time to tweet for my clients. Hmm. And so when I buffer the posts, you know, the buffer posted at those best times. Uh, so again, you know, that's, that's another thing to do uh, on Twitter. But other tools, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't really use, you know, I'm like I said, I'm all natural. I usually, <laughs> I think it's the best, it's the best way to tackle. It uh, is. That I thing. think you're right. <laughs> because I you use, don't know, um, like, yeah, because you don't, like I said, I don't, you don't know when Facebook deprioritizes your post right. because of that. Yeah. I use a couple things. Um, so I found I've been using uh, Edgar, meetedgar.com. Edgar is, I use that. You know, I've got a ton of content built up over the years. Um, and I often, you know, I don't have time to post it. So I've got Edgar posting for me automatically on, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook um, as our brand. And then for my personal account, um, I, I go almost all natural. I use the free version of Buffer just for when I have, um, if I have a ton of tweets, I don't just want to like bombard people with them. So I'll use Buffer to space them out. Um, and uh, I, we use, uh, I'll do if this, then that to enables like um, some mm-hmm. cross posting. So if I post to Instagram, it'll auto post to like Facebook and Twitter. Um, and I love if this, then that you get yourself into a lot of trouble um, with all the crazy recipes you could put up there. Sorry. Uh, with uh, if this then that, you can get yourself into trouble with um, all the recipes. I mean, there's just endless yeah. amounts of things you could do with the thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, you can get stuck there. <laughs> like, especially if you've got, you know, a lot of like home automation toys, like I've got a drop cam and an S thermostat oh. and like all that stuff will integrate into if this, then that. I mean, you could get insane with yeah. it. Yeah. It's like Pinterest, you know, <laughs> you can get lost. <laughs> yes. So, okay. All right. Finally, we're going to talk about not social media. What, uh, I know you're into cars. What's your current dream car? Um, first of all, we are buying, uh, oh my God, I have to get this right because my boyfriend is going to kill me. We are buying an M3 BMW, very good. uh, E92. Yeah. Oh, very uh, good. Yeah. So it's a V8. <laughs> uh, and, um, but my dream car is a Lamborghini. Oh my God. <laughs> which one? I don't, I think it's Avent- Aventador. I'm not sure. Aventador. Yeah. 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 I think. I've been, oh my God, I've been looking, you know, for a couple of them. And of course, you know, the Pagani Zonda is, you know, <laughs> but you got me with that question. But first of all, BMW M3 E92. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know you've been, uh, I've seen you talking before about the, the BMW M series. You can't, yeah, you can't go wrong with that. That's such a fun car. Oh my God, we are so excited to get that. Finally, we are waiting, we are waiting for the perfect one, actually. We are searching for the perfect one. Uh, and, uh, we are really so excited. I'm watching videos all day. <laughs> and my boyfriend is sending me videos and we are so, we are crazy, you know, and we, when we drive the road and just see a BMW, we open down, uh, we let down the windows and listen to the sound. <laughs> we're crazy. Oh yeah. And that, that E92 is the best sounding one too. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, we are hoping to get the, a Krapovich exhaust uh, on the E92, and that is going to sound insane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm big on sound with cars. I've got, I essentially have, I just have no mufflers. I have a Mustang um, with no mufflers. Yeah. I don't know how I've never gotten a ticket for it. It's like unreal loud. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, I, people, I, when I drive by, people have to assume I'm a teenager. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, that's a great that episode. the most important part, to be I honest. Got, uh, <laughs> this was a solid episode. I got somebody at the door, so I got to run. Okay, um, yeah. But yeah, I will post it, and I will let you know. Thank you, yeah. Thank you. Okay, see you. See you.